Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. A very good afternoon to you, our cherished and descending listeners. It's another beautiful and blessed and rather warm Wednesday. And we here at Multimedia are happy to bring you another exciting edition of your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. Masterclass is also powered by GCB. GCB, your bank for life. My name, as always, is Yabanafu, and I'm excited to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. In last week's conversation, we continued our talk on investment or being investor ready, positioning yourself so that someone will be willing to put some money in your business and help you to grow. In that conversation also, we looked at the fact that you cannot grow alone by yourself at some point of development and at some point of growth. To become competitive on the international market, which is what's happening today, you need to scale up. And that kind of scaling up requires the kind of input that only you cannot do by yourself. And therefore, you need to partner with other people. We also identified that that is what was also ailing our businesses predominantly as Ghanaians. And that's why we're not able to benchmark or compete with some of the international brands. With the onset of AFTA and with the head office here in Ghana, this conversation has become all important and even more so because now the borders are open. 
Now, there are no barriers anymore. Now, trade is going to go across the entire West Africa and Africa. Now, if you're a shoemaker and you're sitting here in Ghana, your market is not just Ghana anymore. Facebook has made it possible for you to trade across the world. There are people today who are trading on social media who don't even have physical offices. With the onset of COVID, it made it even more easier. People are trading in the food industry. People are offering lunch to corporates, to companies. You can now pick up the phone and call someone whose office you don't know where it is, and then it gets delivered to your house. That also creates a value chain. It creates jobs for people along the line. That is what entrepreneurship is about, creating value, fulfilling a need, satisfying a certain need. But we can only do that at a certain level of business, only if we get people to invest and scale up in our businesses. We're privileged to be back here in the studio um, with someone that I've come to know as a friend of the show, Mr. Carl DeGraff Johnson. Um, Uncle DeGraff, you're welcome to the conversation again. Thank you. <laughs> and unfortunately, I, I've got you know mixed feelings today because today will be the concluding edition of our conversation on investment. But I do know that the year is still young. And pretty soon, we'll have you back here with us on, on the show. Uncle DeGraft is, is a senior finance consultant with First Code Management Services. And they've been very good to us. They've helped us with a lot of resource. Like I always say here on the show, after today's show, if you require any information on how to scale up, how to position yourself, how to put your books right, how to tidy your finances, First Code Management Services are here and available. And I think that today we'll put some of the numbers out, won't we? Yes, that's yes, what we'll we'll do. we'll put the numbers yeah. out so that people can reach out and get some help. You're doing this, you're running a little company. Now you don't need to do everything by yourself. There are people who will do these things for you. You don't even need to set up a physical office. Just make sure you're doing the right thing, you're paying your taxes. And get people like First Code Management Services to run some of the services for you. Audit, checking your books, finance, paying your taxes. And then you focus on the business. You do you and let the professionals do what the professionals do. Today we continue with that conversation. But today we'll be looking at a few case studies to help us understand, for example, in the area of finance, how you can manage your books properly. Oftentimes you hear people say that um, I run a company, I've registered it. And then they try to run, um, should I say, funds through the company that do not reflect work done. Last week we talked about having minutes and having um, records to show. The emphasis there was on process. So now we're not just looking at your numbers and your final profit and revenue numbers. We're looking at due process. So if you say that you raised, uh, let's say, 100,000 Ghana City in revenue at the end of this month, there must be due process to show the generation of that 100,000. You don't go and take somebody's 1 million Ghana City that they are trying to bring into Ghana and use your company to try and bring it in. When they're, when they're doing the audit and it doesn't check out, the taxman will come after you, and all sorts of things can happen. Let's sort of, and by the way, we'll be streaming live on Facebook, and we've got slides to show. So for those of us who like to take notes, uh, we'll be streaming live on Facebook. By all means, go to our Facebook page, My Joy Online, and follow today's conversation. We're using a case study today, a number of them, um, so that you can understand in detail some of the concepts that we're talking about. We'll try and make them very easy to understand, very simple. And um, I don't like tests test content. I was telling <laughs> I was telling Uncle DeGraft before we came on that. If we make it two tests, um, we'll lose we'll lose some of our listeners because like me, if any of my listeners are like me, once you start talking about terminologies and things that I, I switch off. But we're gonna make it very interesting. We'll explain in plain words so that you can understand it as a business owner. The saddest thing that can happen to you as a business owner is to hire an accountant and understand nothing about accounting. At least understand the basic principles and then when they want to explain to you you will understand. So, 
Angry Grant, let's let's take today's conversation. And maybe a quick recap from last week, just yes. for flow of thoughts, and yeah. then let's go into today's conversation. Yes, um, thank you again for having me on again. Um, we're looking last week at investor readiness from the perspective that it's like wanting to enter a university to read a, a program. Mm. You need to know the requirements and you need to work towards meeting that. Yes. And so last week we were looking at the various things that um, a, a business needs to look at. And it's not an overnight thing. You, you, you prepare for it. Mm. And so last week we were looking at the various things that an investor would look at. Mm -hmm. And for which you who want to be, you know, readily available for investment need to also consider. Right. Uh-huh. And, and as I recall it, it was across the entire span of corporate governance through to good finance. Yes. And keeping your books yes. well. Yes. Right. Because due diligence will certainly be a part of it. Right. So this time around, we wanted to take some numbers to let people have an idea of what we mean. Mm. So we've got, um, you know, financials. That will illustrate some of those things. And I want to assure those who don't like accounting like that. We are looking at maths. Yes. Simple maths that you understood. Yes. We won't put it in the terminologies Indeed. that my friend in you. Indeed. <laughs> so we're streaming live on Facebook as well. And the slides are available just so that you can also follow them. And what we'd like you to do is to write down your questions and make them, um, take note of them so that when we get interactive, you can ask some of those questions and probably even juxtapose them against your own personal experiences, where you are, the kind of business you are running, whether you are practicing some of these things and mm -hmm. what challenges you are having, if any, or what successes that you're having, if any. Your stories may encourage someone to also become better. That's what this whole thing is about, making each other better and building a great nation. So by all means, let's, let's, let's take notes and then when we get interactive, We'll start with the questions. Yes. So, yes, let's go ahead. So, um, today we want to um, look at financial and capital structure. It's essentially how have you financed your business mm -hmm. and what dynamics go with it and how does an investor look at your financing strategy? Mm -hmm. So, um, if, if the slide could come on, we could start to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, we've mentioned that there are essentially five elements to what we call financial statements. We have the performance one, what we call profit and loss. Mm -hmm. the, the accountants say comprehensive income. <laughs> mm -hmm. Profit and loss. Mm -hmm. We know the cash flow statement, then the balance sheet. Then as well, we have changes in equity. You want to know how the shareholders' funds have either appreciated or depreciated over the period. Mm -hmm. And then also, there are a lot of disclosures, what we call notes. So you find on any set of financial statements that there are a lot of explanations that give you insight into the numbers. Huh? So we will look at um, um, you know, uh, financial statements and mention, uh, I'm, I'm taking the COVID years, so I've gone back five years, mm -hmm. so we're looking at 2017 to 2021. Right. And look at somebody who wants to enter 2022. Mm -hmm. haven't positioned them in such a way that he can recover and so on. Mm -hmm. So we'll look at a hypothetical company from that period. So if the slide will come on, we can look at... And um, this company could be your company as well. So as we, as we share those ideas, um, put them against your own performance, your own situation, and let's have um, some thoughts there as well. So the hypothetical company, uh, we can call it ABC Company. Yeah, right? we call it ABC company right uh, limited now i've presented um this company from 2017 to 20 
2021. Mm. And I'm calling year one, year two, so they can follow. Okay. Now, this company is doing well in that it started with 4, 4 million as uh, sales, revenue. Mm. The following year, it went up. The third year, it went up. Then COVID came in. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, from 4.8 million, it suddenly dips to below a million, as you can see mm -hmm. in the spread, and even goes worse. You can see it maybe using a hospitality industry kind of like a hotel. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, people are not patronizing you, but you still have some costs. The lights have to be there, cleaning has to be, you know, all kinds overheads. of overheads. Yes, the overheads, <laughs> salaries, yes, so, property rates, ground uh -huh. rent. Then you have your depreciation because mm -hmm. you would have invested a lot in um, plant and equipment and, of course, the yes. property building. So it, it, it will come. So those are those are costs that will hit yes. your books, whether or not you make profits yes. or whether or not you make a sale. Yeah, it's a revenue. Um, so when you look at this spreadsheet, you suddenly realize that as soon as you get into um, the COVID, the, the, the dynamics change. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at the trend that I'm showing, you see that in the second year, they did well enough to have invested in, say, mm -hmm. treasury bills. Because you see that there is investment income, which mm -hmm. means that they had enough cash. Yeah. Now, they also have um, a loan portfolio. Because you see finance charges. Someone who see finance charges, it means interest expense, not mm -hmm. bank charges. Mm -hmm. So you see they also had a loan. And if you see the trend, they were servicing the loan right through. Because it kept reducing. Yes, it kept reducing. Interest expense reducing meant that. I mean, year paid. one, it was 175,000. Yes. Year two, dropped to 131. Uh -huh. Year so three, dropped paid. to 87. Good. Year four, uh -huh. it dropped to 43. In fact, between year three and four, yeah. they did almost 50% yes. of the loan, paying it off. Yes. And then in year five, it dropped to 21,000. Yes. yes. Because this is the interest component. Yes. Now, uh, this is what it suggests. When we get to the cash flow, it will let us know whether they were giving moratorium or not. Mm. But whether they gave you moratorium or not on the principal, mm -hmm. you would hear they had to pay their interest expense. The interest expense, yes. yes. But you could see they were doing well because they were able to invest in tr into, say, treasury bills. Mm -hmm. Now, 2019 was a very good year. And if you look, look at it, the tax mas man must have been happy because here to show that about 170000 was due as mm -hmm. tax. Mm -hmm. Then comes COVID and everything dramatically changes. Revenue drops said that all of a sudden they have a, a loss, yes. which continues into the second year. And i um, interested here in the retained earnings. You know, one has to recognize that on a balance sheet, there's only one line for retained earnings. That means mm -hmm. all your performance in a year is at, <laughs> given a, a line, just a single line. Mm -hmm. But that's how important it is that it has only one line. Mm -hmm. And the same will be for your cash flow, that mm -hmm. that one also has only one line. So that will mean that the financial position or what we call the balance sheet is the most important of the documents mm -hmm. because it's a listing of your assets and your liabilities. That's when we actually know the worth of the company and what right. the shareholders actually own. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So with this example, uh, have the retained earnings showing that in the year 2020, they had got up to 1.1 million, right? In return, and that is profits had mm -hmm. uh, accumulated to that point. But then the losses started reducing it that in the, in the fifth year, 
it had come down to 274. It dropped. Dropped dramatically because of the losses. And that's why sometimes we want people to have an understanding of the implications of these things. Because your performance in a given year is in the 12 months. But when you get to the balance sheet, mm -hmm. it's a cumulative sense of what you've done from inception. So when you're looking at a, somebody's balance sheet, it is what the performance over number of years they've been in existence. Yeah. And so that thinking must come. That is not that you made a lot of profit today. They did. Mm -hmm. But if you only had the 2021 accounts, you think they didn't do well mm -hmm. or haven't been doing very well because all you see is 274000 yeah. as the um, balance. Mm -hmm. We'll go on to the next one. I have a, a few things there for somebody to look at. But essentially, that's what I have said. And of course, you also... We can just sort of go over them again, just so that if okay. if anyone is listening and they want to make notes. This is another cash flow, right, for the... No, the performance. The, the performance, income right. statement. Right. Yes, that it was making profits until Fair. the fourth yeah. year. And that the adverse effect of COVID was that they made losses. Naturally. And these began to bring down the balance, high balance mm -hmm. initially of the retained earnings. And, and this was the case for most companies. That is what within, happened. Within that period uh -huh. also. Yeah, but the understanding is that it is not stated capital. Mm -hmm. That means that stated capital will remain the same, but this one is volatile. It depends on whether you made profit or not. Mm -hmm. And that's what sometimes makes uh, 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 business owners lose the value of their company. Because if you don't find a way, if, for example, at 1.1, .1, they had moved to stated capital, everybody would know that's the kind of investment they had put into their company. Mm -hmm. But they let it wither because losses came in to take it out. Uh -huh. right. That's the kind of thinking I want people to do. So the stated capital is what we would call permanent uh, investment. The mm -hmm. permanent capital that finances your permanent assets such as the land and buildings mm -hmm. and to some extent the plant and machinery that you have. So um, I want to move on to the cash flow then and explain. Right. Now, here, the cash flow gives you information on monies that have come in mm -hmm. through your operations. That is, you made profit, then you got increased um, cash. Then investments, that is uh, equity or other kinds of things mm -hmm. that shareholders or others may put in. Right. And also, when you... Um, take goods from supplies and you haven't paid, they have sort of financed you as well. So like so a pre-financing arrangement. Sure, of some sort. so that is also like financing you. So mm -hmm. those are, the, so those are what we call finance, the financial side. How have you financed your company? All these mm -hmm. are the components that bring it up. So if we look in here, we'll see straight away that um, what I was saying earlier, that there's a moratorium if you look at um that's number 26 i've put numbers there if you look at 26 long-term loan they got a loan of 700 this is the second slide um the, the table. cash flow yes right yeah you would see that they started a company right look at the um the, the first column opening mm -hmm. right it tells you that the company was financed with stated capital of fifty thousand. right and then shareholders the same shareholders brought in money, but they hadn't capitalized it. That means they hadn't registered it at mm -hmm. the registered general and pay stamp duty on it for it to be called 
state capital. Yeah, but I put it there, they won't take it out. But as long as it's in that, it is not capital. Mm. It can be taken out by resolution and other processes. Okay. Right. So now this 350,000 is what they brought in themselves. But in mm -hmm. order to acquire the plant equipment, other um, infrastructure they wanted, which is a million, 400,000, a million, mm -hmm. the 350 is not going to be enough, obviously. Right. So they, that's how they had to go and borrow 700. To top so, it up. Yes. So that is it. That if we look at 350 and they look at the whole total um, assets, if you mm -hmm. add everything, it comes to a million and 50,000. Yes. Then it means that 350 over um, a million so is 33%. Mm -hmm. It means that 33% of the assets mm -hmm. is what the shareholders put in themselves. Put in. And does it remind you of financial institutions? They always say, come and put 30%. <laughs> they want to see your skin and as they say, 30%. Exactly. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a number they like. Yeah, financial mm -hmm. like to play, at least put 30% of it. On the table. So this is kind of showing... So if you had this, then there, somebody was likely to give you 700. <laughs> yes. No, but obviously, I think it also sort of becomes a strategy for providing the kind of support that they require. You know, and also to sort of, let's say, show a bit of responsibility from the shareholder Precisely, side. Precisely. They want to you see know, a bit commitment. of commitment. That is the other side of investment readiness. That is, I'm very glad you are seeing what I mean. To get people to understand the mindset that yeah. goes with it. I mean, you're asking for help, but how much help have you yourself put on the table? Yes. How far have you gone exactly. to take a risk yourself? Now, I said that this, this, the, the cash flow gives a different set of information. So it shows that when the 700000 was given to them, in 2017, nothing was paid, mm -hmm. which meant they had been given a one-year moratorium. So in the next four years, they were expected to pay. Comments evenly. Payback, so yes. if we divide 700000 by by four, mm -hmm. we'll get 175000 So yeah. They actually paid. You could see even the COVID years, mm -hmm. they made it a point paying to make sure that the loan goes off. Now, you would also notice, let's come to line 19, the investments. Mm -hmm. Now, I said they were doing well enough to have bought 100,000 of treasury bills what in 2018 and in 2019. That meant they had 200,000 investment. To, to you know, uh, if you run your company well, you don't let your cash stay in your current account. Time for value of money. Good, you put it somewhere to give you some return. But obviously, they decided that we better pay if treasury bills is given us between twelve to fifteen percent, mm -hmm. and our loan is twenty plus. We better clear off the loan instead mm -hmm. of keeping that. So obviously, when you get to twenty twenty in the COVID year, mm -hmm. you realize that they had to. Think of liquidating to meet. So in year five, the two hundred thousand they've liquidated one fifty thousand of that exactly. investment to make sure that they clear off the loan. But in twenty twenty, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't make any additions. No, they didn't. They didn't. They could right. not because their cash flow was dwindling. If you look at the top, you see their business operations, right? So called um, COVID year. That's year four. You see that in twenty nineteen we have. Six seven three thousand there, mm -hmm. but as soon as you come into the fourth year, it's a negative four hundred and ten. Yes. Meaning now they were hemorrhaging; they were not getting enough Out of cash. Yes. yes. So now it means that other sources of funds, that's like cash that they had, is what was now going in. Mm -hmm. So liquidity was now going was to be a challenge. challenge. Yes. 
So that is what this cash flow ensure will tell you. And if you look at the actual cash balance, they could go as high as 763,000 in cash, as it were, in 2019. But by the time they got to 2021, the cash balance had come to 61. Mm -hmm. You still have to pay, but no new funds are coming are to coming in. So you yeah. now start going to liquidate your investments, etc. And for me, the learning points here are that for any company which um, is here today, obviously you, you, you would have gone through COVID. Yeah. It will be important to do like a post-mortem of some sort to understand or put it against, because I mean, we're looking at a hypothetical company here and the steps they took. We're learning that, for example, at some point, you know, shareholders needed to put forward some money to show equity. At some point, they showed responsibility in, in so I say, servicing the laws that they had, yeah. regardless of the fact that they were in very difficult yes. times. At some point, they didn't place investments and then later on, they yes. showed up and yes. then liquidated a certain amount yes. in order to be able to continue working. Yes. These are strategic decisions that a hypothetical company took in the period in order to remain relevant and not go under. Mm -hmm. What was your specific situation? I mean, these are the conversations. What decisions did you take? Some people shut down completely and didn't operate, but whether or not you operated, whether or not you had business, whether or not, and because the COVID year was good for some businesses, it was bad Definitely. for others. Yes. But regardless of what happened to you, the story that your financials tell is what we're looking at today. Yes. And and like I always say, there's nothing like a no culture. There's either yeah. a good culture or a bad culture. So there's always a story that your numbers will tell. And th that story is, should I say, symptomatic of the strategic decisions yes. that you would have taken in that period. And these are the things that we're learning, <laughs> we're learning in our conversation today. You know, I was remarking <laughs> that here at First Good, we hadn't had the mention of strategic as much as we had in it. everybody now came Strat can you come and do a strategy <laughs> session with us can you come and explain and it was quite a bit of fun yeah. in that all of a sudden people had realized that uh, business can't you do can't do it yes. you know the, the way you can't keep doing things the same way and expect different results yeah. you know so i suppose it's one of the reasons why there's, there's a lot of research flying around yeah. and people had to benchmark yeah because a lot of people were drowning but some were not and therefore we need to find out what those who were not drowning were doing right yes you know so that they could they could get better this is master class on the superstition we're learning we're going to finance school today and we're learning what some of the decisions you know are when you are in a period like a COVID period when things are not going well or when you have a downturn in your business what decisions do you make regarding your finances so that you can stay relevant we'll be getting interactive shortly but we continue the conversation here in the studio let's continue yeah so far, I hope that it's not two tests. I mean, I think that we're, yes, um, we're trying to explain we're, the We're tests. trying to get people to see that the cash flow will tell you money that came in and money that went out. Mm. And we are measuring money. Yeah. So if it's not actual money, cash, like depreciation, mm -hmm. we discount it. So in the cash flow, you see that we, we, we take it out. So when we tell you after this kind of thing that this is your cash, but it means that we should be able to physically see it as it were in, in your, your bank account yeah. or cash at hand. Mm -hmm. That is if it's been done properly and mm -hmm. accounted for. Yeah. And as you said, the when the suppliers give you credit lines, they indirectly have given you a loan, if I put it in quotes. And the same way, if somebody buys something from you and you give him three months, you are now lending that person money. Mm -hmm. So um, if we go to the balance sheet, you will see that um, this company ABCD start, mm. started exhibiting those things that it it was chasing 
its own creditors or those it had trade debtors, those that it had carried out credit sales with, and was now delaying in paying those who have given suppliers credit. That's the thing. Because it was getting hot. Yes. So you see that kind of pattern mm. when there's a liquidity crunch showing that. Which, which would be a sort of natural reaction in any situation. I mean, every finance person in a situation like this, where they were hemorrhaging and out of pocket, yeah. would seek to delay their payments quite a bit. Yes. And then also go after those Precisely. who have to bring in liquidity. <laughs> There's a question that comes to my mind, and this came from one of the very, very early shows of Masterclass, I think earlier on in 2018 or so, um, Thompson Chua. Good afternoon to you, sir, if you're listening. He was one of our resource persons. Yeah. And he, he, he said something which I, I, found to, I found very profound. His point was that a company could make um, sales, yeah. very good sales at the end of the month, and have no liquidity. Yeah. And his point was that all the money would be locked away in credit sales. Yes. So, for example, you've given people, let's say, 15 days, 30 days, yeah. um, 50 days to pay back. Yeah. So, in your books, you've pushed all the product out. Yeah. But there's no liquidity. And sometimes that can affect other parts as well. <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm bringing this example in because in that period, we all sort of understood that there wasn't money in the system. Or should I say people didn't have money because yeah. they were not trading. Yeah. And so, people would be a bit more tolerant and would allow people to delay their payments even for the banks i mean there was a restructuring that allowed yeah. you know people who had borrowed money yeah. you know to restructure the yeah. repayment period and all of that what would the effect of something like that be on a company like abc um or anybody's company for that matter in this period maybe any of the implications i mean that comes to your mind it allows you to manage your cash flow better if, for example, I have to pay my electricity bill tomorrow mm-hmm. or to be cut off, and I don't have enough cash to cover that and another more pressing matter, the moment I'm told that, oh, we'll give you up to next week, you're going to breathe that, oh, let me solve this one. I can relax and take care of it. So those dynamics help. So in this company, for example, it meant that the accountant will be noting what are my receivables, what kind of monies am I expecting, mm-hmm. what am I expected to pay. He will start to look at expenses and be careful about spending. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So if he thought it was a frivolous matter, he certainly <laughs> won't pay. And sometimes then people don't like accountants for that. Right, right. I mean, there's another you know, sort of phrase that comes to my mind, time value of money. Yeah. But before we talk about time value of money, I think that I want us to get interactive so that we can get uh, our listeners to be a part of this conversation. We're all learning here so that our businesses can become better. Your finances are a critical part of your business. You cannot leave that to... Um, just another professional to handle it. It's good you understand it if you are the owner of your business also. So we're all learning here, Finance 101. Um, we're going to be opening the phone line shortly, but before we do that, we'll take a quick message from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Your favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 97 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. 
Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. We're here in the studio with Mr. Kwao DeGraff Johnson, and we're concluding our conversation on being investor ready or positioning yourself to be invested in if you're a company here and you want to scale up. Today, we continue that conversation, but we're getting interactive shortly so that you can pick up the phone and be a part of that conversation. Uh, numbers to call 0302-216-541. That's 0302-216-541. You can also send us your comments on 055-11-11997. What are the lessons that you have learned over the period, particularly when it comes to managing your books and your finances? General lessons. They don't have to be um, tests, you know, like what, what, what we're trying not to do here today. Um, just any general financial lessons you have learned in managing your book so that you can be investor ready good practices so we can learn from them bad practices so that we can avoid them you know because we cannot reinvent the wheel life is too short to do that um, so we learn from other people's mistakes numbers to call again 0302216541 that's 0302216541 you can also send us your messages on 0551111997 GCB has some wonderful news for us with a GCB personal loan all salaried workers can meet all of their financial obligations with a smile so what is it that you're trying to do is it pay your educational fees or deal with urgent medical expenses or pop-up expenses or bills home makeovers or renovations vacations or holiday travel look no further visit any GCB branch today or call on 0800 422-422 for a GCB personal loan. GCB, your bank for life. Goyle also has some wonderful news for us if you own or use any motor vehicle of any kind. Goyle is rewarding all of its prepaying Go customers with up to 2 pesos discount per litre on all fuel purchased. Elevate your goodness by joining the Goyle Go Club today and enjoy up to 3 pesos discount on all fuel purchased. Goyle, good energy. Goyle, yenara, yedia. Phone lines are now open. Numbers to call 0302216541. Or you can send us your comments on 0551111997. What are some of the financial lessons that you have learned in your business over the last you know couple of years during the COVID period? Are you a company who has skilled up through being invested in or through you know an LP an IPO or being listed or someone putting their money in your business? What are the things you did right in order to attract this kind of investment? What are some of the things that you have learned as lessons or learning points that should obviously be avoided so that people will avoid doing them so that we can all become better for it? Pick up that phone and give us a call. While we're waiting for the phone, the, the phones to ring. Oh, I think I have a caller on the line. Um, good afternoon. You're welcome to Masterclass. Your name and uh, where you're calling from, sir. Good afternoon. Um, hi, my name is Fred. Good afternoon, Fred. Talk to me. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying your class so far. And... Um, yeah, and there's a question I want to ask regarding um, Go ahead. Um, there's a question I want to ask regarding um, stated capital, and I wanted to ask your 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 panelist. Please go ahead, Fred. Yeah. So um, there's a company, a new registered company, right? And the stated capital was fifty thousand with um, one shareholder, and there's a, a we want to issue a new um, with 10 million shares, 50,000 is for 10 million shares. And we want to issue additional 1 million shares for one CD per share, which gradually increase the value of the company. So I wanted to know is that possible or would there be tax implications with that? Right. Fred, very brilliant question. Please stay tuned. We'll try and answer that question. 
um, it's when you are registering. You see, um, you can put in money anytime you want into your company. But as I said, if you don't register that money through the process as registered general's office, we won't call it stated capital. Hmm. And the process involves a stamp duty of, I think, 0.05%. Of the, of the city? Of, of the value you of, want of to sell. So if it's 50,000, that is it. So if you have 50,000, you are raising it to a million. The difference, you calculate um, the stamp duty, then you go and pay and other things. So that is, that is the cost mm. around it, the stamp duty. So his question was that, will it attract any, any tax obligations? I think the answer is... Yes, yeah, stamp yes. duty, not tax asset, right. you know. Um, no. But a financial obligation, though. Yes, there's a financial... stamp, stamp duty. duty. Yes. Right, and a 0.05%. Yes, yes. But until it goes through that process of being registered at the RGDs, you, it cannot be referred to as stated capital. Yes, it's not. Okay. So, Fred, um, if your question is answered, then brilliant. But otherwise, you can also reach out to us again. Um, this one is from Ajiman Joseph. Uh, he says, good afternoon, Master Class. I'm enjoying the great discussion. Okay. Thank you so much, Ajiman Joseph. Um, thank you for listening. You can also send us your comments if you're listening to us, 55 or pick up that phone, give us a call on 0302216541. What are the financial lessons that you have learned running your own company or working in any company and so that others can also learn from it and become better? We're, we're going to school today to, in, to learn how to make our books cleaner and clearer so that we'd be attractive for people to put money in our businesses. I was talking about time value of money, yeah. you know, before you move to the next point. And I was wondering, how will we explain that point um, with the one you just explained, where we talk about um, sales outstanding. You know, so for example, accountants will now go after monies that are owed, you know, more aggressively than they would have in managing their liquidity. And then they will delay a bit in also paying out yeah. <laughs> monies. Time value of money in the yeah. context of this conversation. Yes. Let me use the exchange rates because people are more conversant. Mm -hmm. If I owed you $100 mm -hmm. in January and the rate was, say, 60 days, mm -hmm. just for that. That meant in Ghana terms, I was owing you um, 600. Exactly. Then instead of paying you then, I didn't. And now comes March. And let's say it's eight. Mm -hmm. Now when I'm paying you back, I'm going to pay you more. Mm -hmm. And that is an example of what it means that if I had paid earlier, then I wouldn't have had to pay the 200 extra. So what we, in the, the purchasing power of money changes over time. Over time. And so um, we use techniques of present value, you know, mm -hmm. calculate things, discounting, to arrive at what it could be. Mm -hmm. So that if somebody gave you 100,000 today, mm -hmm. they won't have the same purchasing power at the end of the year. And that is why when the economy is unstable, it becomes a bit difficult for companies to grant credits, uh, supplier credits, and mm -hmm. so on, because when the money comes back, they would have lost also in terms of its value. So would that be the reason why, for example, if... Um, okay, I've got a comment uh, on social media. Let me take that first, and then I'll come back to... Uh, okay, this one says, I'm upon... Upon, you didn't tell us where you're, you're, you're reaching out from. It says, can you explain over-trading? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the concept of a trading comes in when you are... Uh, let me backtrack a bit and explain. You were talking about um, credits without getting cash in. Mm -hmm. So if you 
have goods of say 100,000 and then you went and sold 90,000 of it on credit and you had also been given money or cre uh, uh, suppliers credit so now that you wanted your 90,000 out there to come in so that you can go and use 70,000 to pay the, the supplier it's not it's, you don't have it that's a situation that comes in when people don't plan their um, um, sales and purchases cycle said that there's liquidity mm -hmm. then all of a sudden as you said what your friend said um, 2018 or so that mm -hmm. here you are you have made sales on the books and you, you calculate and you're making mm -hmm. profit but your liquidity is mm -hmm. just saying so those are some of the things that um, 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 we, we, we tend to explain you know to people about mm. the implications uh, if you look at it from another perspective another concept is you have short-term funds and they go and invest in a long term uh, and now that you, you need the funds back you can't go and unlock the long term <laughs> let's move that for that a kind minute of way of looking at it yeah. from another perspective. i've got another caller on the line good afternoon you're welcome to master class your name and where you're calling from good afternoon my, my name my name is Harrison from Harrison, good afternoon. How are you, my brother? Um, I'm good. Enough. Good, 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 good. Talk to me. All right, all right. I, I, my question today is very simple. Uh, I wanted to find out from your research question. Uh, what are some of the investment uh, portfolios available for either young contractors or those in the growth environment? Because sometimes you go and do a project and then you have about 60,000, 60,000 accounts. And sometimes you don't know what to use, there's money sitting in the account. And either you are forced to buy land or you are forced to buy a luxury vehicle because we are not too much, uh, we don't understand investment as a young uh, entrepreneur. So I wanted to know if, and those money when they are in the bank, you, they will keep up, they will keep, the banks will everything with their target, and your money will be there and it will be valued. So if you are your resource person, you can tell us or you can educate us on some of investment portfolios available so that when we have that money we do projects and we have those profits after the projects, we can invest money capital into those investments. Right. Harrison, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Um, let me ideas. explain this from what you yourself said, that you go and buy land or a luxury vehicle. Now, the reason is that Inflation, if you want to measure the, uh, the mitigating effect of inflation, it is when you bought land or vehicles and things. Because you can buy an old second-hand car, use it very well, and still sell it at a profit. Because the economy follows inflation. Mm -hmm. So if you are following the standard, so people don't want to invest in treasury bills, for example, because... Inflation is moving faster than that. It swallows everything. Mm -hmm. if, if inflation is 15.7% and moving up, and then you're buying treasury bills at 12%, then it's swallowing up. You're not getting any net, you know. But if you bought a piece of land, for example, you will discover that if you wanted to sell it, you will make all the gains on it. Exactly. So that is why um, when it comes to doing investments in the money market, and in the, st the stock exchange, you know, we have all these funds from Data Bank and all the other, you know, there. but mm -hmm. the returns don't move people much. Mm -hmm. So even under the pension laws, a lot of it has to go into the shorter end. And because if you allow for people to put monies into the high risk 
things, then we can run into challenges mm. because it's high risk use of money that has brought some of the banks down and so forth. Uh -huh. So uh, most people, when they can, will rather invest in a house or something that they can sell tomorrow at a value. That is even why some people go and buy foreign exchange and hold mm -hmm. that when he wants it back, it would have adjusted by itself for it. So usually you have to look at the portfolio of options and then decide. Some can go into high risk, some medium risk, some whatever. But um, uh, you're on the right path if you've understood yeah. that land and even a vehicle will appreciate in value and give you back your returns mm -hmm. than just maybe treasury bills. Yeah, yeah. So the options are many. And a few of them have been shared here. But by all means, if you're looking to put some money away, it's always better to invest in an asset that appreciates. And you can get help from professionals like uh, Mr. Yeah. Graham Johnson and First Good Management. I think we're running out of time. So uh, let's sort of... I was going to ask a question on um, the rates. We're talking about time value of money. And I, I was going to say that, would that be the reason why, for example, when um, banks lend to people or when individuals go to the banks to take loans, they would negotiate a fixed um, return, or so I say interest rate, for um, example. Well, um, you know, the banks have policies that they adjust around policy rates and mm -hmm. so on. So you find they have minimum lending rates that are set by their board of directors. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. And so on and because they're analyzing risk and so on. You see it if better in the layman's language that when you can't pay your loan, they raise the interest rate. Sometimes you say, the man can't pay, why? But then they, th th that is a way of seeing how risk is measured. Mm -hmm. That now you're giving them challenge. They, they have to see if they can get more out of you in yeah. the short term. Uh -huh. that, that, that is a way of looking at it because it's always a measure of risk. Mm. Right. Okay. I think we have a, a lot more information here, but just by way of rounding up, could we just sort of share one final thought on our... I'm, I'm not sure we can go through all of our slides, no. No, but, no, no. But maybe one, key, one or two key things um, that we can leave our listeners with in terms of financial discipline. 
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 